Greetings and good health. I am Dr. Jerrica Sarko, a pediatric and family wellness chiropractor. This is your Lifeline to Vitality, where we discuss ways to cultivate family wellness. Good day and great health. Welcome back to another edition of your Lifeline to Vitality. Today on the podcast, Neuroimmune Dynamics, Immunostasis. Immunostasis is a branch of homeostasis that concentrates on the adaptive and resistive qualities of the immune system and its role in health. In order to maintain an ideal continuum of health and wellness, dynamic balance is required of all our body systems. The master system, the nerve system, is in constant dialogue with all the other organs, glands, and tissues of our body to promote this message of well-being. The communication is so intimate between the nerve and immune systems that we often call it by one name, the neuroimmune system. One specific communication between the T-helper cells from the immune system and the autonomic branch of the nerve system highlights this interconnection. T-helper cells play a major part in our immune system response to invading pathogens. As the name suggests, T-helper cells help the immune system by detecting bacteria, viruses, and parasites that are unknown to our body and our microbiome. Not all T-helper cells assist the immune system in the same way. T-helper 1 cells, or Th1 for short, support the cell-mediated immune response. T-helper 2 cells, or Th2 for short, support the humoral immune response. The balance between these two cells is called the Th1-Th2 ratio. A greater number of Th1 cells to Th2 cells is one biological marker that helps indicate a healthy balance in our immune system. The humoral immune response occurs when the body detects pathogens or the remnants of pathogens, called antigens, floating around in the fluids outside of our cells. This is called an extracellular infection. This response is quick, but is only short-term in duration. When the Th2 cells detect an extracellular infection, the nerve system will simultaneously amp up the sympathetic stress response of the body. This autonomic branch of the nerve system initiates an acute fight response of the body, gearing it up to fight the external threat. Blood, nutrients, and other resources are shifted more into the extremities of the body to help prevent any further invasion of the pathogen into more central structures such as the nerve system and other vital internal organs. The cell-mediated immune response occurs when our body detects pathogens or the remnants of pathogens, those antigens, floating around the fluid inside of our cells. This is called an intracellular infection. T-helper 1 cells will travel throughout our body, scanning cells it comes across looking for invaders. When a Th1 cell detects that one of our cells contains antigens from a pathogen, a cell-mediated response will be launched. This response is slow to initiate compared to the humoral response, but the effects of the cell-mediated response are long-term, often lasting a lifetime. 
This type of response initiates more of a parasympathetic healing response of the body. The parasympathetic branch of the nerve system amps up more of a continual healing action of the body. Blood, nutrients, and other resources are shifted more centrally to help provide support and stability to the internal organs. Both the humoral and cell-mediated immune responses help our body produce antibodies. Antibodies help our body recognize antigens of a bacteria, virus, or parasite if it tries to enter the body again. Antibodies then help our body initiate a quicker and more organized immune attack on that pathogen. Although both responses help produce antibodies, the quality and quantity of antibody production is not the same with humoral and cell-mediated. Initially, the humoral response will produce a larger number of antibodies specific to the pathogen, but will decrease the production of that antibody over time. This type of reaction is often seen with allergies, asthma, and inoculations, also known as vaccinations. Inoculations bypass the normal lines of defense for the body and initiates a Th2 stress response of the immune and sympathetic nerve systems. This generates a humoral response with its antibody production scheme. This is one reason why scheduled booster shots are the common occurrence for the majority of vaccines. The production of antibodies initiated by a vaccine decrease over time because it produces a humoral response, not a cell-mediated response. The cell-mediated response takes longer to ramp up antibody production for a specific pathogen, but it will maintain the production of that antibody for a lifetime. This type of reaction is part of the natural immunity design. Being exposed to a pathogen through the proper defense channels initiates more of a Th1 healing response of the immune and parasympathetic nerve systems. Why does our body decrease the production of antibodies with a humoral response compared to a cell-mediated response? Partly it comes down to self-preservation. We are more than just a collection of cells, but those cells collectively make up an important part of who we are. Maintaining the health of our cells is beneficial to our well-being. A sick cell can lead to a sick organ. A sick organ can lead to a sick system. And a sick system can lead to a sick human being. Our body invests more time, energy, and resources to remember intracellular infections because it doesn't want the individual parts, even the smallest cellular parts, to become sick in the long run. Remembering if a cell got sick in the past will help prevent future cells from getting sick. Extracellular infections are harmful to the body in a different way compared to intracellular infections. The fluid that surrounds a cell is its environment. If the environment is sick, the cell can eventually get sick. To prevent the cell from getting sick, the body must keep the cell environment clean. If not, eventually the sick environment will lead to a sick cell. While individual cell location is fairly stationary, the fluid that surrounds the cell is not. A heart cell stays in the heart, but the fluid around that heart cell passes through. So if an extracellular infection is registered in the body, there is a quick spike in antibody production to help the extracellular fluid flush out the infection as quickly as possible. 
Eventually, the fluids of the body, along with the antibodies produced with an extracellular infection, pass through the body in waste removal mechanisms, such as urine, feces, breathing, and sweat. How do you promote a better expression of Th1 cells? General factors that promote Th1 expression include the presence of older siblings, early exposure to daycare, natural exposure to infections, and living in a more rural environment. Neurologically, a nerve system that finds itself in more of a parasympathetic state shows an increase in Th1 cells. Psychological factors that can help promote a high Th1 to Th2 ratio are a sense of welfare, consciousness, and order. Nutritional ways to increase this ratio involve eating more antioxidant-rich foods and mushroom extracts, melatonin, DHEA, selenium, zinc, probiotics, whole foods, and fish oils. For an infant, breastfeeding is an optimal way to increase this ratio. Physical moderate exercise and resistance training has been linked to a high ratio as well. When the immune system is moderately exposed to viral and bacterial infections, the ratio is increased also. A low Th1 to Th2 ratio is often related to an overuse of antibiotics, a western lifestyle or diet, and living in a more urban environment. Neurologically, a nerve system that finds itself in more of a sympathetic state shows a low Th1 to Th2 ratio. Psychological factors such as fear can contribute to lowering this ratio. Related chemical factors such as vaccinations, antibiotic overuse, parasitic infections, oxidation damage, mercury toxicity, high progesterone, high sugar intake, increased saturated fat consumption, recreational drug use, alcohol use, diets high in fructose corn syrup, Tylenol use, Medications or drugs such as synthetic oxytocin and epidurals have all shown to generate a low ratio. Even physical extreme exercise can lead to lowering the ratio. Consequences of a low Th1 to Th2 ratio include atopic dermatitis, allergies, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, autoimmune disorders such as lupus, Graves' disease, type 2 diabetes, and rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, and even AIDS. Both prenatal and neonatal influences can alter the Th1 to Th2 ratio functionality. Depending on whether the expecting mother promotes an environment of natural versus artificial will skew the balance. In utero, there is already a delicate balance of Th1 and Th2 between the mother and her growing baby. If reproduction is to take place, the mother must already be in a state of high ratio Th1 function. If the mother has too much Th2 function, her body can label the fetus as foreign and increase the potential for spontaneous abortion. High levels of progesterone can suppress Th1. Neonatal and infantile Th1 can be stimulated through specific experiences. If the baby is born naturally through the birth canal, they are exposed to the vaginal flora, the kickstarter to the immune system. This exposure is bypassed if born via C-section. Once born, if the child is breastfed, especially drinking the colostrum, the child gets prebiotics and probiotics through the breast milk. Letting the infant get natural and moderate environmental exposures to viruses, bacteria, and fungi 
help exercise the Th1 aspect of the immune system. Neonatal and infantile Th1 to Th2 balance can be inhibited through specific experiences as well. Babies born by C-section, vaccinations or inoculations, antibiotics, and formula feeding can all lower the Th1 to Th2 ratio. Along with promoting your immune system and addressing physical, chemical, and emotional stressors that can negatively affect neuroimmune function, chiropractic concentrates on adjusting a vertebral subluxation of the upper cervical spine. The upper cervical spine has a direct connection to the brainstem. The brainstem has specific influence on the autonomic branch of the nerve system. A vertebral subluxation can disrupt the functionality of this crucial area. Correcting a vertebral subluxation gives your nerve system the best opportunity to function at its potential. This, by direct communication, gives your immune system the best opportunity to function at its potential as well. Thank you for listening. For even more information on how chiropractic can benefit you and your family, please check out my website, ohiospecific.com. That's O-H-I-O-S-P-E-C-I-F-I-C dot com. Until next time, remember to keep your head cool, feet warm, and your mind busy.